Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Well, hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today online. We're in a series called Thanks Living, and we are learning four specific things that the Bible teaches us when it comes to living a life of gratitude. Last week, during the first installment, we learned that the Bible teaches us that one of the ways that we express gratitude and thanksgiving to the Lord is through singing. I can't tell you how many people came up to me in our in-person experience and said, Pastor, that was the first time any preacher has ever gotten me to actually sing in church. And so I pray that it challenged you. And uh, even if you are like me and you can make a joyful noise, that's exactly what you'll do. You will make a joyful noise unto the Lord as an expression of your thanksgiving unto Him. Hey, today is part two. And... Uh, Today, I really want to begin by sharing with you two specific words that I want you to think about. And here are the words. You ready for this? It's what if. You ought to just chat that, or excuse me, type that in the chat column there. Type in the words what if. Those are two big, important words. And here's the reason why. What if the economy were to actually get worse and inflation continues to even get higher. That'd be a bummer, right? What if, perhaps, unfortunately, you were to lose your job in the next 12 months, or maybe in the coming weeks? What if, perhaps, the Delta variant of the coronavirus actually gets worse over the winter months, and the government enforces another lockdown and shuts things down in our country. What if you have an unexpected expense that you cannot afford to pay back? Now, I don't want to begin today's message with a lot of negativity or gloom and doom, but what if, what if those things actually were to happen? Now, if you're anything like me, and if we were to all be very honest and transparent related to the what ifs in light in, in, in all the what ifs in life and all of the unknowns and the uncertainties, especially when it comes to today's topic, and that is the subject of giving, what if those type of things were to happen? Now, if you're normal, especially when it comes to this issue of giving, here's what I've learned. Your heart is probably wanting to be generous, but your emotions register fear. Am I not right? Chances are, when it comes to the whole issue of giving, there's always that sense of fear that wells up in our hearts and in our minds because of all the what-if scenarios, right? And what does the what-ifs do? What does the fear do? Well, the fear paralyzes us. The fear forces us to have a mindset of scarcity because of all the what ifs. So therefore, we rationalize and we justify that we can't or we can't afford to be generous because of all of the what ifs, the unknowns, the things that are beyond our control. 
So what does it do? It causes us to want to hang on to what we have rather than giving and being generous in the way that God would have us be. Because at the end of the day, here's what I heard someone define gratitude. Gratitude is the secret to having it all is knowing that you already do. Let me repeat that. The secret to having it all is knowing that you already do. You see, I think the problem is, is that when we start focusing on what we don't have or what we can't give, what happens? What happens is, is our fear gets larger and larger. And as a result, God gets smaller and smaller. But at the same time, when we shift our mindset away from scarcity to abundance, and we shift our mindset away from fear to faith and generosity, here's what happens. Well, the circumstances of life become smaller and smaller. You know why? Because in our heart and in our mind, because of our faith, our God gets bigger and bigger. I've learned one thing about God, and that is you cannot outgive God. God is a generous God, and He wants us to learn to be generous. But one of our responses as followers of Jesus Christ is this. We are to express our thanksgiving, our gratitude to God. And one of the ways that we do that is through giving. Today, I want to share with you a story that you're probably familiar with. It's a very popular story in the Bible. In fact, Jesus used this story as an opportunity to teach his disciples some very important lessons and he used a poor widow. It's often referred to as the widow's might in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. And it says that Jesus sat down near the collection booth or the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts, but a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and he said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who were making contributions. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, as poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. What an amazing story. And it's interesting to me that we're still talking about this poor widow who gave the widow's might over 2,000 years later. What does that say? What that tells me is that here was a woman whose vision, whose perspective was that of abundance, even though she had very little to give. And as a result, her generosity serves as a perfect example of our posture and the way we should position ourselves to be generous no matter what. Now, here are five things I want to share with you quickly, and I want to encourage you to take some notes as um, we go along today, because these are some practical truths that not only we need to apply to our own personal lives, but you know, if you have kids, man, this would be a perfect opportunity as a parent to teach your children these five specific things, these lessons from this lady known as the poor widow. Well, here's the thing. Number one, she gave lovingly. You know, there were 13 trumpet-shaped uh, chests 
or offering boxes there in the temple courts and specifically inside what was referred to as the court of women. Now, the court of women was not exclusively just for women, but at the same time, it was a place where people could go and they could actually put their offerings there in one of the 13 different chests, if you will, as the collection boxes for those that were giving their free will offerings. There were also other boxes that people would come and they would pay their taxes and place their taxes, if you will, in those boxes. But inside the court of women, it was a place where people could go as an act of worship in order to bring their offerings unto the Lord. Now, what's interesting is that this widow, she came to the temple on that day, and her primary motivation for going for the, going to the temple that day was to express her devotion to the Lord. In other words, she went to worship the Lord. And one of the ways that she worshiped the Lord was through her act of giving. What's interesting is that it was a way for her to let God know and to express from her heart to the heart of God that he had first place in her heart. And I think that tells us a lot when it comes to not only to the type of woman she she truly was, but I think it's also something that should really challenge us when it comes to the issue of giving. What is our motivation? See, our true motivation should be like this widow. And that is when we give, we don't give because we have to. We give because we want to. We're doing it out of the worship and out of the devotion of our hearts. That's the reason why in Luke chapter 12, verse 34, Jesus said it this way, wherever your treasure is, there your heart and there your thoughts or your mind will also be. You see, her heart and her thoughts were totally focused on worshiping the Lord. It was a part of her devotion to God. And we need to have the same attitude and the same devotion when it comes to this issue of giving. So we learned, number one, that she gave lovingly. But number two, we learned that she gave, and I love this, faithfully. You see, it's easy to give out of abundance, right? It's easy when life is going good, when you know, when business is thriving and there's a little bit of financial momentum, we've experienced a little windfall, some cash flow in our lives. I mean, that's like the ultimate, right? It's easy to be generous. It's easy to give. It's easy to be benevolent when things are going good. But what happens when the what-ifs in life suddenly happen? What what takes place perhaps in our mind? What happens in our hearts when it comes to the issue of generosity? Are we going to stop being generous? Are we going to stop giving when life gets hard, when business isn't good? Perhaps when you know we don't have the surplus of funds that perhaps we had in the past? When Luke chapter 16 verse 12, it says, excuse me, verse uh, Luke chapter 16 verse 10 says it this way, if you are faithful in little things, You will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. In essence, what Jesus was saying was this. Hey, even when things are hard and difficult and perhaps even tight, God is still looking at our hearts and he's wanting to know, are we going to be faithful during the difficult times as much as we perhaps are faithful during the good times? 
You see, if we're dishonest by withholding things that even belong to God and keeping them for ourselves, God wants to know, can I trust you with the little things? Because if I can't trust you in the little things, how can I trust you with even greater things in the future? And here is a widow who just faithfully and consistently gave. You know, I have a precious memory of my, uh, my wife's grandmother. Her name was Thelma Vetter, and uh, she was my father-in-law's mother, and she's at home with the Lord today, and uh, she was an amazing lady. She was perhaps one of the most generous people I've ever been around. She lived, her and her husband lived a very modest life on a fixed income, and um, but in light of the difficulties and the limitations in terms of what they had to give financially, they still were faithful in giving what they could. And my wife, Michelle, and I, we can remember just uh, on so many occasions getting in the mailbox a handwritten note by her. And uh, in that handwritten note would be a check. And sometimes it may only be, you know, $15. But here's the thing. She was faithful, and what she did is she would always just want to pass on those blessings to us. You know, what's interesting is she not only did that with us, but we come to, came to find out that she did that with so many people, people that we didn't even know, but they were people that she turned around and just blessed, people in her senior adult living area, in, in her community, in her neighborhood. She just did things to bless people. It was the little things and oftentimes some of the overlooked or sometimes even the little things that somebody may never even known, but she was faithful in the little things. And because of that, it was always amazing how she was able to do many of the things that she was able to do. And I just am convinced knowing her, it was simply because God was providing for her and blessing her and giving back to her so that she can continue to be faithful in the way that she blessed so many people. And what's interesting is that when it comes to, you know, all of the people that you know, I look back on over the last 18 months, I'll be honest with you, as a church, you know, like so many other churches, to be quite honest, there were uh, difficulties among businesses, churches all over the country. And uh, fortunately, you know, we had a handful, we had a remnant of people who just faithfully gave. We had people who went online because we weren't able to meet physically in person. And so we had people who went onto our website, and they set up recurring gifts. And because of that, faithfully, just through their generosity, through their, through their consistency, you know, it was amazing how even through the difficulties over the last 18 months, if it had not been for the faithfulness of God's people doing what they could, even in the hard times, it's amazing how God not only has blessed them, but God has blessed us as a church. And here we are today over 18 months later, continuing to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to bring hope to those of you who can't even still make it to church. But here's the blessing. The blessing is, is that God always provides and he's looking for our faithfulness. The third thing that we learned from this, this widow was the fact that she not only gave lovingly, she not only gave faithfully, but I love this, she also gave expectantly. You know, this widow had no one else to rely on to care for her other than God. So therefore, she was putting her complete faith and dependency 
and trust on God convinced. Because again, she had an abundant mindset. Because she saw God as a big God, she believed that God was able to provide for her every need. I love what Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please, type it in the chat there, God. That's right. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I love what Paul said in Philippians 4.19. He said, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So we need to have the same expectancy when it can't when it comes to this issue of giving just like this widow had you know she was giving out of the devotion of her heart and she not only gave faithfully but she gave expectantly because she knew that in spite of her acts of generosity god was going to provide for her every need and god is going to do the same for you when we give with that kind of expectancy knowing that if we give God promises that he will return back to us in ways that sometimes we can't even articulate. But we know those but God moments, it's God's way of providing for our every need. The fourth thing that we learn about this widow is the fact that she also gave generously. It's interesting that this passage teaches us that this widow gave, specifically says that she gave two small coins. They're often referred to as mites. And in the Roman currency, when you took two mites and you combined them, well, it actually equaled into a what they refer to as a quadrant. What does that mean? That was the smallest form of Roman currency at the time. And here was a woman who gave both of her mites, both of those coins as an act of generosity. In 2 Corinthians 9 verses 6 through 8, it says it this way. Paul said, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. But notice this, for God loves a cheerful giver. So in other words, once again, our attitude is not that I have to, but I get to, I want to, because God is a generous God. And because God is a generous God, and in light of everything he's done for me, done for us as a couple, done for us as a family, done for us as a church, done for us, listen, in light of all of God's blessings and benefits, why in the world would I want to hold back But instead, I want to mimic my maker. I want to be generous, just like God. God so loved, he did what? He gave. He gave generously. He gave all that he had. And God wants us to give generously as well. Rather than holding back, rather than, you know, believing that, well, I can't afford to. No, no. It's just simply saying, God, it's all yours. And I'm giving back generously to you and I'm giving generously to other people. I've learned this, whatever you need in life, lead with the seed. So in other words, let me explain it to you this way. If you need more time in your life, then sow seeds of giving more time to other people. If you need, you know, maybe seeds of provision in your life, well then start sowing and start giving and watch God provide. 
lead with the seed. Be generous in the amount of seeds that you actually sow. Why? Because the scripture says, if whoever sows generously will what? Will also reap generously. So I just want to encourage you today, follow the example of this widow because she gave generously. Number number five, and that is this. She also gave sacrificially. I love that. You see, Jesus called his disciples over, and here's what's fascinating. You can just imagine the commotion going on in the court of women and around the overall temple that day. You can only imagine just the the hustle and bustle of the people and the noise, and you can almost hear the clanging, if you will, of the coins and the money being dropped in these collection boxes. But here is a poor widow, and Jesus brings his his disciples over, and and he's probably watching from a distance, and he points this woman out to his disciples. And he said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. This lady not only gave generously, She gave everything she had to live on. It could have been very easy for her to rationalize and justify and propose all the what-if questions and scenarios in her mind. But she didn't do that because her posture wasn't in fear. Her posture was in faith. Her posture was because of her devotion and thanksgiving. She was willing to give lovingly. She was willing to give faithfully. She was willing to give expectantly. Listen, she gave generously. And most importantly, she gave sacrificially. She could have kept one coin for herself and given another coin to the Lord as an offering. But she didn't do that. She gave both and she gave everything she had to live on. And here's, I think, the most important principle that Jesus wanted his disciples to learn, and it was this. You see, the rich people gave a tiny portion, if you will, because they gave out of their abundance. In other words, they were just kind of throwing chump change into the offering in comparison of what they could have done or should have done based on the abundance that they had to give from. But in essence, they were giving a tip to the Lord as opposed to giving sacrificially and generously unto the Lord. Here's the thing. It's not about portion, the amount, if you will, but it's more about the proportion of our abundance in which we give from. It's not about perhaps equal amounts, But here's what Jesus wanted his disciples to understand. It was about equal sacrifice. You see, it's one thing to give a large amount and to be actually be sacrificing that large amount in comparison to what you have. But it's another thing to give a small amount. But if that small amount you give is also from equal sacrifice, guess what? Listen, God is looking at the sacrifices, most importantly, he's looking at the devotion of your heart. And are we really stepping out in faith and trusting God to be God in this area in our lives? 
Isn't it crazy that we'll trust God for the forgiveness of our sins? We trust God for our salvation. We trust God for our eternal security in heaven. But when it comes to the financial area of our life, we don't want to trust him for that because we want to hang on to what we have because of the fear of all the what-if scenarios. And guess what? What we're saying is, is that, God, this is the area of my life that I still want to control. And God wants us to posture ourselves and follow the example of this widow. Why? Because of the way that she gave. And I think her example today, here we are, like I said at the very beginning, 2,000 years later, we're still talking about a widow who gave two mites as an offering unto the Lord. It wasn't because of the amount, but it was simply because of the devotion of her heart and the sacrifice that she made that God took notice of. And I want to say that I believe that when it comes to this whole issue of thanksgiving, did you know, it's interesting, is that the, the word gratitude, you know, comes from the word, or excuse me, the word, the word thanks comes from the word think. And when you're expressing gratitude, what do we do? We have to, first and foremost, we have to think about the blessings that God has given to us. And that's what I want to encourage you to do during this Thanksgiving season as we're getting ready to gather with friends or family and, you know, we're going to be sitting around a table and, you know, taking a day or taking some time just to reflect. You know, see, when we start thinking about God's provision, we start thinking about God's blessings and God's protection. We start thinking about all that we do have. What does that do? It begins to put gratitude in our hearts. So therefore, when we're thinking, it helps us start thanking the one who is deserving of our thanksgiving. That is the reason why the word think and the word think literally go hand in hand. And in Psalm 50, verse 14, it says these words, give an offering to show thanks to God. So what I want to challenge you to do during this part two of this series that we're learning about when it comes to four, four things that the Bible teaches and four ways that we can express our thanksgiving to God. Last week, we talked about singing, singing our praises to God is the way that we give thanksgiving. But today, specifically, we're learning what it means and the importance of giving a tangible gift to the Lord as a way of saying thank you. We as a church are introducing uh, this weekend something that I'm excited about, and it's an opportunity for you to be a part and to participate in this Thanksgiving opportunity, to give a gift, to give not only a year-end gift, but a way to truly and sincerely and lovingly express your gratitude and your thanksgiving to God. And one of the things that I want to encourage you to do is to pray about coming alongside and participating and partnering with us to help accelerate the vision for what we believe God is calling us to accomplish as a church. And there are two specific things that we are encouraging our people to pray about and ask God. Just say, God, what can I do? How can I play a role in coming alongside and investing and sowing generously and helping accelerate the vision 
of Rethink Life Church. And again, you don't give to a church, but what you're doing is you're giving through a church. God wants to take what you give and he wants to use it and multiply it to make an incredible impact through his church. And I get we are the church, but at the same time, you know what? The church needs to be funded and the church needs to be equipped and the church needs to be resourced to do what God has commissioned us to do to further the gospel and to make a difference in our community, in our nation, and around the world. So what we've done is we've put together a brochure. In fact, you can go to our website at rethinklife.com. We actually have a giving page. You can click on the Give button, and there will be some options there for you to give. Let me tell you what we're encouraging people to pray about when it comes to what they're giving towards. Number one is this. We're asking people to give to the future of our church as far as land is concerned. We're praying that we can be in a cash-ready position to be able to close on the opportunity of acquiring potentially anywhere from a minimum of five to upwards to 10 acres of usable land that we can actually secure and can serve as the future church home of Rethink Life Church. We are a portable church, and we are a 20-year-old church, and still to this day, we do not have a permanent home that we can actually call our home. We've rented schools, movie theaters. Listen, we've rented shopping centers, but you know what? God is calling us to put our stake in the ground and to have a place that we can actually call home, a place uh, that, that, that can eventually serve as a, a place that we can build upon that will be a tool that God will use to reach generations to come. But we gotta have land. And unfortunately, land, as you know, is very expensive. But here's the thing, we are knocking on the door, literally having roughly $300,000 cash that we've set aside in a reserved fund to go towards our future. But we need to honestly double that amount in order for us to position ourselves to legitimately get in the game and have serious conversations with landowners due to the amount of what land costs. And so therefore, we're asking people to pray about giving a generous amount, a generous offering towards this year-end offering to go towards helping us and partnering with us and to help accelerate the vision. I was reading the other day about a a pastor who uh, was used of God many years ago. And uh, one man alone gave $81 million. One man, $81 million. You talk about accelerating the future. Well, guess what? That place I'm referring to today is now called Liberty University. It's where I graduated from. I was reading, uh, actually, excuse me, I was listening to a podcast the other day of a pastor uh, who was sharing how a gentleman was hearing about an opportunity. And as a result of a gentleman that was there listening to an opportunity, he gave $1.1 million to help take a vision and turn it into a reality. God can do anything. That's the reason why, listen, the Bible says without, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we have a big, audacious goal. So our goal is to raise a half million dollars and we're even going to extend it through the coming year of 2022. But if God would 
place it upon your heart to give towards our future land, we would encourage you to pray about that. And then on December the 12th, we're asking people to make their year-end gift no later than December the 12th so that we can know where we are and how God has blessed to help accelerate the vision. The second thing, and I'll close with this, is that in the coming year of 2022, not only are we going to continue to sow and invest into future land, but we're also going to sow and invest in reaching the families of our community and beyond. We believe with all of our heart that so goes the family, so goes the rest of the world. And if anything, COVID has put the spotlight on the challenges and the hardships, the relational struggles, the emotional challenges, and the mental challenges that have impacted so many families and the younger generation. And so therefore, we are looking to acquire new staffing. We're looking to use and leverage the digital platform to be able to help equip couples and to come alongside and encourage and equip parents and to provide community workshops and seminars and conferences and tools, ways that we can help come alongside and reach today's family. I believe with all of my heart, today's family need more than prayer. They need a plan. And we have put together a plan to help make an incredible difference in the lives of families throughout our community. So would you please pray about the role that you can have? Let's give lovingly. Hey, let's give faithfully. Let's give expectantly. And let's give generously. And let's give sacrificially. And let's ask God to use us so that we can make an eternal difference in the lives of people for the glory of God. I want you, if you would, to join me in a word of prayer. And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, can I just say that if you're watching today and maybe God has spoken to your heart, maybe you're a follower of Jesus and you know maybe you need to do a couple of things. Number one, maybe you just need to review your commitment when it comes to this issue of giving in your life. And maybe you need to ask the question, what does my current giving say about me and my devotion to the Lord? And maybe today you not only need to review, but you need to renew in your heart your commitment to giving. Maybe you need to just say, God, I want to renew my commitment to tithing. I want to renew my commitment to putting you first in this area of my life, in the area of giving. And then lastly, maybe for some of you, you need to not only review and you not only need to renew, but you need to outdo and say, God, I just want to outdo what I've done in the past. I want to be more generous in the coming year. If you're here, maybe and you're listening and maybe you're not a follower of Jesus and maybe you're thinking to yourself, you know, I've never heard it put this way. Well, I just want you to understand, we are not here today asking to get something from you. What I want you to know and understand is what we want to provide for you. Because we believe with all of our heart, the greatest single act of generosity that's ever been demonstrated is when God gave His one and only Son, Jesus, to suffer and die upon a cross for your sins and mine. He paid the ultimate price. He died for your sin and He was placed into a tomb and three days later, He came back to life so that we could know God through His Son, Jesus, so that we could have forgiveness and have a relationship with Jesus in our lives. And if that's your need today, can I just encourage you to open up your heart? Would you be willing to invite Jesus into your life? 
You can say something like this and say, Dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. And today I confess my sin. And I admit that Jesus died and he, he arose again for me. And today by faith, I'm asking Jesus to come into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.